When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. What am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. <laughs> Once upon a time, and welcome to Story Story Podcast. I am your host, Simon Brooks, and I've got some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you too long ago and far away and bring you back safely. In this episode, we have taken some requests, namely from Rufus and Billy. Rufus would love a story that includes a panther and a booby trap, and Billy would love one about a monkey who went on an adventure and got lost. I think we can do that, or at least get close to it. I decided to take a paddle out in my kayak the other day, so threw it on the rack on the car, said goodbye to Mo, who looked pleadingly at me, and then headed out. It began as a really hot day as I cut through the water. My life jacket felt hot and sticky against my back. But then the temperature began to drop, and it started to rain. There was an island on the lake, so I headed over to one of the bays on the island. There were large overhanging trees there, so I pulled the kayak up on the beach area and sat beneath the boughs. As the rain got heavier and the sky got darker, I went over to the kayak and pulled out a bottle of water and some chocolate and a jacket before sitting down in the shelter of the tree again. It continued to get darker and darker still, until it looked like it was almost night. I thought I heard something deep in the trees and turned to look. I doubted it was a bear living on an island like this on its own, but it sounded big, whatever it was. I waited and heard more crashing about and carefully began to follow the sound. Then there was this this noise of something clearing its throat and a great deep Ahem. One, two, three. Okay, I don't have much to say about today's first storyteller. I know that sounds really horrible. I've known them also for a very long time. In fact, all of my life. Rufus, I hope you like this story, which originally comes from Ghana. There are many tricksters. There's Mr. Rainer the Fox, Coyote, and then there's Anansi the Spider. Now Anansi one day decided that he wanted a story, but all stories were kept by the Sky Chief. 
And so Nancy decided to climb the highest tree there was in the forest. Oh, Sky Chief! Sky Chief! called Nancy. Who is this calling me? It is I, Nancy the Spider. And what is it that you want, Nancy the Spider? Well, I was wondering if I could have a story. <laughs> you want a story, Nancy? You can't afford a story. Well, how much are they? It will cost you, Nancy, the same as it costs everyone. If you want a story, you shall need to bring me the python, the black cat, a swarm of hornets, and a fairy. A fairy? A fairy. Okay. And so Nancy swung on his thread from branch to branch and danced from leaf to leaf until he came to the place where the python slept, coiled up in his roost on the branch of a tree. Oh, python, called Nancy, keeping a safe distance, for he wasn't sure when the python woke up if it would be hungry or not. Oh, python! Is that you, Nancy? Yes, it is I. Is that so? Yes. Um, I, I met with the Sky Chief the other day, and he said that there was another snake in the forest, and we were wondering if you were still the longest one. Is that so? It is so. And so the Sky Chief sent me to measure you. Is that so? Yes, it is so. And I thought that if you could go down onto the ground, then maybe I could measure you with this stick. Is that so? Yes, it is so. And so the python agreed and slithered down the tree. And Nancy said, Could you straighten yourself out in a big long line? And then I'll measure you with this stick. And I'll start with your head. Is that so? Yes, it is so. And so the python stretched itself out in a great long line. And Nancy took the stick and hit him on the head. He then pulled out a sack and started to pull, and pull, and pull, until the python was in the sack, and then he spun a thread around the neck of the sack, threw the sack over his shoulder, and climbed up the tallest tree in the forest and called out, Oh, Sky Chief! Oh, Sky Chief! Yes? It is I, Nancy. I have something for you. Let me see. And so the Sky Chief opened up the sack and out slithered a rather dazed python. Yo, am I still the longest snake in the jungle? Yes, said Nancy with a smile. Hmm, said the Sky Chief. I see you have done well, but what remains still remains. I know. And so Nancy swung on his thread from branch to branch and danced from leaf to leaf until he came to the place where the black cat was known to travel. And so Nancy dug a great pit. And then he made a huge web across the pit. And then he covered the web with leaves and branches and brush 
so that you couldn't see it. And he waited for the black cat to come along. And it wasn't long until he heard pad, pad, pad. And he waited and hid. Pad, pad, pad came the great black cat. And then Anansi saw the great pad, pad, pads that were pad, pad, padding. And he saw the strong arms, the powerful shoulders, the broad neck, the great jaw filled with the sharp teeth and the yellow eyes staring out in front of it. Ooh, I didn't know it was that black cat, said Anansi, for it was the panther. And the panther walked straight across the brush until, until the trap was sprung. The panther was not happy, and Nancy jumped down and grabbed his huge web and spun a thread around its neck. And he pulled the pulled the frightened cat out of the pit, threw it into a sack, threw the sack across his shoulder and climbed up the highest tree in the forest and called out, Oh, Sky Chief! Oh, Sky Chief! Uh, Nancy! Uh, Nancy! Yes, it is I. I have something for you. Let me see. And so the Sky Chief opened up the sack and out jumped (laughs) the panther and it shot off down the tree back to its home. Hmm. You have done well, Anansi. But what remains still remains. I know. And so on his thread, Anansi swung from branch to branch and danced from leaf to leaf until he came to the place of hornets. And Anansi watched until he called out, Oh, Hornet Queen! Um, the Sky Chief has asked me to count you all, and, and I'm finding it ever so difficult, for you seem to move around so much. Well, this is our nature. That is what we do. We move around a lot. Well, said Anansi, I was wondering if you could all fly into my sack one by one, and then I could count you. I, I suppose we could do that. That's possible. And so the Hornet Queen had all of her hornets fly into the sack one by one. And Anansi pretended to count them all. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Until the Hornet Queen was the last one in. And he spun his thread around the neck of the sack, threw the sack across his shoulder, made his way to the tallest tree in the forest and climbed up to the top and called out, Oh, Sky Chief! Oh, Sky Chief! Uh, Nancy! Uh, Nancy! Yes, it is I. I have something for you. Yes, I thought you might. And he opened up the sack. And out flew... All of the hornets, until the Hornet Queen, the last one out, came up and said... So, Nancy, were you able to count us all? Uh, Yes, I was, said Nancy. And off she flew, along with the rest of her hornets, back to their nest in the forest. Hmm... You have done well, Anansi, but what remains still remains. I know. And so Anansi swung on his thread from branch to branch and danced from leaf to leaf until he came to the place 
where the fairies flew. First, Anansi found some thorns, and then he found a block of wood, and he started to carve into the block of wood. And he carved and carved, until he had carved a baby with its hands outstretched out of this block of wood. He then found the stickiest sap that he could find, and he covered the baby doll with the sticky sap. And then he took some sweet potatoes, some yams, and he cooked them up with a little bit of honey, and he mashed them up, and he placed them in the outstretched hands of this baby doll. And he then took a thin thread, wrapped it around the baby doll's neck, and took the thread behind a tree where he hid, and he waited and waited and waited. And it wasn't long before... A large fairy appeared. And the fairy saw the baby with its outstretched hands, containing the sweet potatoes, all mashed up and smelling really nice. And it flew down and settled down next to it. Baby, is that sweet potato? said the fairy. And Nancy took the thread and very carefully pulled on it, so it gave the appearance that the baby doll was nodding. Um, do, do you think I could have some of that sweet potato, please, baby? Again, Nancy tugged on the thread, and again the baby doll nodded. And so the fairy began to eat the sweet potato until it was all gone. Thank you, baby, said the fairy. But Anansi did nothing, and therefore the baby doll said nothing. And I said, thank you, baby. But again, the doll did nothing. I said, thank you, baby. And then the fairy pushed the doll, but got his hand stuck. Baby, let go. Let go, baby, let go. And then he got his other hand and pushed against the baby. Oh, baby, baby, let go of me, let go of me. And he continued to struggle, but the more he struggled, the more he stuck. He put his foot up. Oh, no. And Nancy came out from behind the tree. (laughs) I have you now. And so Nancy put the struggling, sticky fairy into a sack, climbed the tallest tree in the forest and called out, Oh, Sky Chief! Oh, Sky Chief! Uh, Nancy! Uh, Nancy! What have you for me this time? You shall see what you shall see, said Nancy. And the Sky Chief opened up the sack and... (laughs) Out flew a very sticky, very upset fairy. Mm, said the Sky Chief. You have done what kings and knights have not been able to do. You have done what princess warriors and damsels have not been able to do. You have brought me all the things that I asked of you. I shall not give you one story. What? Not one story? No. I shall give you all my stories. And so 
The Sky Chief told Anansi all his stories. And Anansi, being Anansi, he shared the stories too. And that is how I can bring you this story to you today. Sometimes when you're making a presentation outside, you need to be heard. Not everyone has the town crier voice, so Ogres Incorporated have created fee-fi-fo-fun sound systems, so you can be heard no matter what the background noise is. Telling stories at a fairground, announcing dragons playing chess, giving a tour of local waterfalls, fee-fi-fo-fun sound has something for everyone. From their small town crier address boxes to their huge stadium ogre cabinets, their trusted tin and wooden sound systems will project your voice to the furthest person who needs to hear you. Open all night, but close during daylight hours except on very cloudy days. Be heard, not hard, and get some fee-fi-fo-fun. This episode is brought to you by Amira from Brooklyn. New York. Amira writes, Dear Story Story Podcast, my name is Amira and I am seven. I love listening to the podcast. I love the stories and I love the stories about hiking with Mo. I am a patron, my parents signed us up, and I love the postcards that I get. And then there's a panda, koala bear emoji and a couple of hearts and then it says, From Amira, Brooklyn, New York. Thank you Amira. I hope you enjoy this episode. Crawling on my hands and knees, I came to the edge of the clearing. There were some flaming torches burning, the only light there casting shadows over two ogres. One had what looked like a tin or aluminum, or as we say in England, aluminium, mouthpiece, like you might have seen in a submarine where the captain speaks to other crew members in far-off parts of the sub, or in very old house where the owners could speak to the staff in the kitchens. That ran to a large box with what looked like a wooden speaker. Ahem. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Does it make me sound louder, Frank? Yeah, it does. Do do you want to check the new model you made too? It looks like the storm's going to last a while. They were testing loudspeakers. The first ogre vanished into the trees and returned to the clearing leaning over backwards carrying a huge box which had what looked like a massive wooden speaker inside. The second ogre, Frank, looked at the box and scratched his head. Ah, I'm not sure about this one, George. Not many folks will be able to carry it and set it up. Nah, this one's for permanent location setup. You know, like at the castle or summit where where whoever's doing the talking's got a soft voice. Yeah, we go and set it up and then we, we will leave it there. And, and maybe there's a drummer or a banjo player making too much noise. And then the other instrument players, they, they, they can amplify the others um, with this to drown the drummer and, and the banjo player out. I took a little umbrage to this. That means I was a little annoyed as I played the drums. But these were big trolls and I didn't want to argue with them. Drummers can play quietly, you know. It's just that sometimes you get a little carried away. I watched as they hooked up the mouthpiece to the massive box. 
and George pursed his lips and made a tiny thunder sound. What came out of the box was a massive boom. It sounded just like a real thundercracker shaking the ground. Yeah, it works really well, George, but it might be a little overkill, that one. Maybe pare it down a little bit. Frank suddenly looked about. The, the rain, the rain stopped, the clouds are moving, quick. The two ogres grabbed their gear and ran off, thundering through the trees and the bushes before the sunlight came out and turned them into stone, I imagine. I made my way back to the bay and got in my kayak and paddled back the way I had come, wondering if what I had heard a few days ago was really a distant thunderstorm or these same ogres testing out sound systems. Our next storyteller is Jenny Cargill-Strong. She's telling her variant of the story from the Panchatantra called The Monkey's Heart. I hope you are as excited as I am to listen to this story. Billy, are you ready? This one's for you. Let's go. The Monkey's Heart In ancient times, most of India was covered with lush rainforest. Way back then, deep in such a jungle, a family of monkeys lived near a family of crocodiles. The forests of India have many kinds of fruit trees, and one of them is the jamon tree. Jamon fruit is shiny and purple. It tastes a little bit bitter and a little bit sweet, but they are quite delicious. The monkeys lived in the branches of a great jamon tree that grew by the edge of a deep, wide river. The monkeys had a lot to eat. They ate leaves, insects and fruit. For a few months each year, their jamon tree was laden with ripe fruit. The family of crocodiles lived in the river, but they did not have much food to eat. No monkey dared to cross the river for fear of those hungry crocodiles. All the baby monkeys were taught never to even get close to the water. One day, as baby monkeys sat alone, feasting on jam on plums high in the branches of the tree, Baby Crocodile called up. Baby Monkey, how do those fruits taste? Here, said Baby Monkey, have some and taste them for yourself. And she threw down a cluster of jam on fruits. Mmm, mmm, delicious. Can I have some more? Sure. Baby Monkey threw down more and more jam on fruits. Baby Crocodile feasted. Often, Baby Crocodile would visit Baby Monkey and call up to her. Then Baby Monkey would throw down fruit, even for Baby Crocodile to take home to his hungry family. And she would also tell Baby Crocodile all sorts of silly, funny monkey stories. In return, Baby Crocodile would tell what it was like on the other side of the river because Baby Monkey had always wanted to go there and taste the mangoes. One day, Mother Crocodile said, 
I want to eat a monkey's heart. A monkey's heart, Mum. Ooh, that's disgusting. Don't be silly, baby crocodile. Proper crocodiles eat things like that, and so should you. Now your brothers told me that you have become friends with a monkey. That means you could easily trick a monkey, and you could bring me a monkey's heart. Baby crocodile thought to himself, "I couldn't do that. She's my friend. She gives us fruit, and she tells me funny, silly stories all the time." But to his mother, he said, "Mum, she never even comes near the water. She lives right up high in a tree." I can't climb a tree. How could I ever catch her? Baby crocodile, it's about time you became a proper crocodile. Crocodiles and monkeys should never be friends. Everyone knows monkeys are smelly and silly. If you want to be a part of this family, you need to bring me a monkey's heart. Now use your brains. Figure it out. Baby crocodile swam off alone, and he thought, and he thought,、mm, maybe Mum's right. I suppose monkeys are a bit smelly and kind of silly. Hmm. He thought, and he thought, and finally, he came up with a plan. First, he swam closer to Father Monkey. Good morning, Father Monkey. Good morning, Baby Crocodile. How are you? I'm good too, but I was just thinking, you must get sick of jam on fruits. Do you like mangoes? Oh, mmm! I do like mangoes, baby crocodile. Ah, then hop on my back. I'll take you across the river to where the mangoes grow. Oh, <laughs> baby crocodile, you are so funny. That's the oldest trick ever. I'm not going to get on your back. I know exactly what you would do next. Go home, baby crocodile. So baby crocodile swam closer to Mother Monkey. Good morning, Mother Monkey. Good morning, baby crocodile. How are you? Fine. You must get sick of eating jam on fruits all the time. Do you like mangoes? Oh, baby crocodile! I love mangoes. Ah, well, if you hop on my back, I'll take you across the river to where the mangoes grow. Oh, baby crocodile! <laughs> You're so funny. That's the oldest trick ever. I'm not going to get on your back. I know just what you would do next. Go home, baby crocodile. Baby crocodile swam away, feeling very grumpy and frustrated. <laughs> 
So then he swam up to his friend, Baby Monkey. Hi, Baby Monkey. Hello, Baby Crocodile. How are you? I'm fine. Oh, I was just wondering, you know how you said you really like mangoes? Oh, mangoes. Yeah, I really like mangoes, Baby Crocodile. Well, you're in luck today, baby monkey, because if you hop on my back, I'll take you across the river to where the mangoes grow. Oh, wow. I would love to go. Oh, I would love to eat mangoes. Mm, But mum and dad said I should never even go near the water. Oh, you don't have to go very near the water. You'd be sitting high up on my back. You'd hardly get wet. Ah, good idea, baby crocodile. Okay. Off they set. Swiftly, baby crocodile swam to the middle of that deep, wide river. But suddenly, he began to dive down and down. I can't swim. (coughs) You said I'd hardly even get wet, baby crocodile. But I just got water all up my nose and (coughs) it stings. Well, guess what? I tricked you. I was never going to take you to the mangoes. You monkeys are so silly. My mum is starving and she needs to eat a monkey's hut. Oh, you should have told me about that. Why? Well, I thought you knew. I thought everyone knew. Uh, Monkeys, we don't keep our hearts inside us all of the time. What? What do you mean? Well, you know how we have to swing from tree to tree all the time. Well, that bumps our heart a lot. So we have this special place in a special tree where we keep our hearts. So I'm really so sorry, my friend, but I can't give you my heart for your poor starving mum. Gee, if only you told me. Oh, oh, well, that's okay. Uh, We'll just go back and get it. But... I wanted to taste the mangoes. I've never even had one. No, baby monkey. I'm taking you back, whether you like it or not. Oh, okay. I'll go get my hat. Then can we get some mangoes? Sure, that's fair. So baby crocodile turned around and headed back to the monkey's tree. Baby Monkey jumped off Baby Crocodile's back and scampered quickly up, up that great jam on tree. Baby Crocodile waited and waited and waited. But Baby Monkey didn't come down. Have you found it yet? called Baby Crocodile. (laughs) Baby Crocodile. You're not very smart. Do you really think we can take our hearts out of our bodies? We're pretty smart, but even monkeys can't do that. So you are never going to get my heart for your mum. Mother Crocodile never did get a monkey's heart. 
Baby crocodile convinced his mother and family to move to another part of the river, where the fish were far more plentiful. But he always missed baby monkey, being fed jam on fruits and funny silly monkey stories. Even though baby crocodile had been so mean, baby monkey missed him too. But she never ever got on the back of a crocodile again. I hope that Rufus and Billy Carswell enjoyed today's stories. Thank you, everyone else. Thank you, Rufus and Billy, and Rufus and Billy's parents for listening to the Story Story podcast. <sighs> I hope you like the Anansi story and Jenny Cargill Strong's telling of the monkey's heart. We both tell that story, and it's fun to hear another variant. Show the love. Find Jenny's work online, and tell them that you heard them on this podcast. Find opportunities to connect with the magic of live storytelling, whether it's in person or virtual. There are wonderful tellers out there and events. Go and find your favourite storytellers from Story Story Podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. Did you know you can connect with the podcast and see the fairy tale sponsor ads on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast? Or you can connect with me, Simon M. Brooks, on Instagram. Check out hashtag In the Woods with Mo and on Facebook on my website at Simon Brooks Storyteller. Diamond Scree? Yep, that's me. Please do let us know the favourite story you have heard or the favourite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The inspiration for the fairy tale sponsor came from the ogre sitting on my desk in the thunderstorm the other day. The inspiration for the true fairy tale came from my own funny odd mind. The music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear more stories next week, but until then, live happily ever after. The end. Mary-Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal 